Welcome to Real Estate Real World, where we talk to the movers, shakers, and leaders that are getting it done right now in the real estate industry and beyond. Your host is Marguerite Crispillo, and she started this podcast simply to talk to cool people about what's really happening in this crazy roller coaster ride of real estate. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and stay up to date on the newest stuff by adding yourself to the list at www.realestaterealworld.com. Com. Now your host, Marguerite Crispillo. Welcome everybody to Real Estate Real World. I am your hostess, Marguerite Crespillo. And thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to listen to our podcast. We've been getting some rave reviews lately and have even won a couple of awards, which is pretty exciting. So by you taking the time to listen and taking the time to share on all of your social media, we love, love, love that. And we love reviews. So if you have a minute, please, please share this content with people that you know and love because they should hear it, I think. So today we have a very special guest. She was referred to me by Brindley Tucker, who we just did a podcast with last week. I can't wait to get that one up and posted. Really great conversation about one of the really challenging areas of our industry. And that really comes down to support staff, operations, the administrative part of what we do. Now, I'll say that back in the day when I first started in real estate, we didn't have transaction coordinators. We barely had fax machines, but I'm dating myself a little bit. But the truth is we did not have transaction coordinators. I mean, heck, we barely did inspections, you know, much less have somebody who helped us through the process. But as I have been in the industry for a while, what I've realized is that these people are key in me being able to do everything that I do. They're just really the key players that support and help us as an industry raise the bar and do a better jobs. So today, without further ado, I have a fantastic guest. Margaret Smith is with us here today. Hi, Margaret. Hi. People always try to call me Margaret, but it's Margaret. Yeah. <laughs> and let me read a little bit about you because you have a great little bio. Uh, born and raised in Seattle, Margaret is dedicated to serving the community in the Puget Sound, beautiful area. Her genuine interest in serving others shines through with her stellar service as the Director of Operations for Pickett Street Properties. She believes in the strength and knowledge of her team, which is why she is very enthusiastic and a dedicated team member. Before joining Pickett Street in 2012, Margaret completed her BA of Sociology, Sociology and Art from Pacific Lutheran University in 2004. She spent the next two years completing her Master's of Social Work at the University of Washington and serving as an intern at the VA Hospital. Wow. And Youth in Focus, a nonprofit that serves youth through photography. Love that. Most recently, she spent four and a half years working as a coordinator in the school and educator department for the Seattle Art Museum. What a cool job. Her love of people and photography led her to start her own photography business in January of 2011, which she still continues to do in her spare time. Welcome, Margaret. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. You bet. So, you know, as I mentioned a little bit in our intro is that I'll tell you what, what you guys do is overworked and underappreciated, I do have to say. I know that as a real estate agent, 
Well, let me put it to you this way. I've seen in coaching and training agents for many years, I've seen that there's like this glass ceiling that agents can hit. And it seems to, in my opinion, about 12 to 18 deals a year. Mm -hmm. And once they get past that 12 to 18 deal number, that little ceiling, if they do not get help, they bounce back. If yeah. they get help, they can break through and skyrocket to whatever number they really want to do. Is that what you see as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's definitely a ceiling to how much you can do on your own. And the hard part seems like uh, helping them understand what they can let go of. And um, if that if they find that right person to help them, the one that's that A-plus player in the admin world, that they can actually help double your business and go beyond what you thought was possible. So I totally agree. Don't you think that that's one of the biggest holdbacks of the agents? Like they just do not want to let go. Control freaks, yeah. right? The whole bit, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. And I get it. It's uh, something that you developed on your own. It's your baby. It's your business. And it's um, you're something you're really proud of. And then it's also hard. And I have, I definitely have issues with that too, of letting go of certain pieces that I've developed or grown um, myself. But then I realized by leveraging certain things off, other things become possible. And so helping agents understand that and helping them find those people is something that I've really worked at for the last couple of years. So uh, one thing that I hear all the time, and I know I dealt with this, is that you cannot find good help, right? Like that's what, so uh, agents struggle with that all the time. And I, I don't think that that's true by any means because I've had some extraordinary people work with me over the years. Mm -hmm. uh, but what do you think that that really comes from? Is it is it uh, lack of focus, lack of training, lack of like lack of what? Like, what is the agent's problem with finding good help? I think uh, that's definitely a limiting belief. I think uh, so. If I'm going to be brutally honest today, I think Please. a lot of times agents, because we want to move fast, we want to do things really quickly. I think uh, we get a little bit. Um, just lazy and we want the easy way out and so and I'm not just don't, I'm not gonna say that's for everybody but there are a lot of people that I've seen that don't want to sit down and do the work so they want to focus on their daily duties those all the all the details involved with a real estate transaction which I understand it's hard to drag yourself away from that but if you really want someone who can take your business to that next level that takes time and investment of your time in that and so looking is not only um, the time, but then looking creatively, thinking about people outside of the real estate industry, which is where I really think uh, we're going to get, we're going to see a lot of talent come is from outside the real estate industry. So I spend a lot of my time actually looking in the nonprofit world because that's where I came from. And there's a lot of hardworking people um, that are highly talented that I think would just change this industry in a huge way. So I think it's time and um, learning how to take Take your business and time block time during the day, during the week, during the month where you can look for that talent and really have that be a focus. It's like lead gen, just the same as lead gen. So I love that you said that agents are lazy. <laughs> and I know I totally took that out of context. That's not, that's not exactly what you said. But I, I, I want to highlight that because I just so think that that is such a big piece. And, and yeah. let's change it up in the way that it was intended is yeah. that that because I, I, I only know this about myself, so that's all I can speak from. And I know myself too. I Oh my God, I would just love for someone to just walk in and yeah. just take care of everything so that all I had to do was go collect checks, right? Like well, that would be like the perfect world. Yeah. And I do think that that's possible. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. It takes time. And we are just impatient, lazy 
creatures in a lot of ways. And like I said, lazy is not the right word, but it's the most yeah. impactful word I can think of right now because we do want to, we don't want to put in the work, right? Yeah. We don't want to put in the work required to, to really hire the right person, train that right person to be able to understand the way that we work. Yeah, and lazy probably isn't the right word. It's uh, it's prioritizing, I think, too. As I, as you're talking, I'm thinking they want to spend their time on those money making activities, and that's because that's what they're used to. They see that money, money, money. Want to go? I got to rep reply to that client. I've got to go list that home. I've got to go show that home. And so it's changing your mindset to think, okay, uh, hiring an excellent admin, someone who could literally one day um, run the business for you. That is making you money, but in something that you can't grasp right there, right in front of your face. And so I think that's um, that's probably what what we have to do is kind of change their mindset around what that will do for them and their business and the money that will come from that. So one of the things that I hear agents talk about too is that they are um, they're hesitant to spend the money, right? They think, well, yeah. it's fine for me to pay them this month, but what if I don't close anything next month? I'm not going to be able to pay them right or they want to pay them on a uh, commission only basis or something along those lines and what are, what are your thoughts on that yeah i mean well so i teach a class about executive assistance where i talk about this and then my uh, team leader jesse moore also teaches a class about how to build a team in 18 months and so he talks about just being strategic about it so if you save uh, a couple commission checks every month for let's say six months save up enough for one salary for a year then you don't think about it you hire the person you hire the right person, and by the time six months goes by, you won't it won't be a worry anymore. So it's just being strategic about how you plan before you hire that first person. Um, but we don't we don't agree with um, bonusing per transaction basis because it's not scalable. So we really believe in salary plus bonus and then profit share for admin. Uh, that's just what Jesse and I both preach from our classes. So. Yeah. So let's talk about finding the right person. Um, you talked a lot about, uh, uh, you mentioned that, you know, really finding that right person, even looking outside the industry, which I think most people don't want to look outside the industry because they want somebody who's licensed, who knows what they're talking about. But yeah. so let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you right off the bat. And for people that don't know me, I'm not licensed and neither is Sarah Trotsky, who's our team admin in TC. And that's just been a choice uh, that Jesse had from the beginning. And I actually really, really like it because I've never done TC work. And so when I first started, I was uh, the team admin and I did a lot of the listing paperwork and I prepped it. But um, it's been great for me that in this way, because I can really draw a line in the sand between what I'll do and what I can't do. And Jesse's also just really respectful of my time outside of the nine to five hours. And so not being licensed is worked really well for me, but some people do prefer a licensed admin. Um, as far as looking outside the industry, I would just say uh, I've had a lot of success with working through my sphere um, in this area because I grew up in the Seattle area. So I reached out to a couple of people, a couple of cousins that I know that work in a law firm. And the other one works in uh, something called Smartsheet, which is like an online version of Excel. And they tend to work with admin who have high, high capacity, real great attention to detail and are just the kind of people that I want to hire. And so I always encourage people when you first start out looking to think about friends and family that you have in your life who are working in companies or industries that uh, hire admin or have admin with the kind of personality or characteristics or capacity that you're looking for. And law firms, banks, we found Sarah Trask at um, Chase Bank. Um, those are great places to look. And so you just start by asking, usually what I do, is on a Monday, I'll email my cousins and I'll say, hey girls, I'm looking for a new admin. Um, if you could email me two names by Friday, that would be amazing. 
And so I give them a deadline. I give them a, a, a number that seems like totally easy and reachable. And they'll get back to me pr- probably before Friday with those two names. And so that's how I start. How did you end up in the real estate role? Like, how did you end up in the role that you're in currently? Because you I, come I, from a background not at all related to real estate. No, it was. I never thought I would work in a, a sales a, sales team or sales capacity. I actually hate sales, like salesmen. I hate car car salesmen. And I never liked any real estate agent that my parents had worked with. And so um, I was ready to leave the museum because um, it was uh, during the downturn, there were a lot of layoffs. And there was beyond that, though, there was, uh, I definitely hit my ceiling there. Unless I went to get my PhD in art history, I wasn't going to be able to go beyond where I was at. And I was being single, I wanted to be able to buy a home or something at some point. And with that salary, I was at 36. I wasn't going anywhere in Seattle to buy anything. Right. Uh, so I started looking and I was just ready for a change. So I put the word out there and uh, I interviewed with a family member who has a business. And then I interviewed and I got uh, from a friend, I got a referral to Jesse from a friend of a friend, essentially. And just uh, he was looking for an admin and I uh, I was like, well, I'll just, I'll meet him for coffee. I'll see where, where it goes. And if anything, this would be a great job to have it for a few months before I found my real career, my real <laughs> job. <laughs> and so I met with him, um, had a great in- initial interview. Um, but that week I was offered a full-time job for uh, $50,000 full benefits um, with my uncle's business. And so I took it. I was there for six weeks. I really did not like it. I, I left that day and that day I emailed Jesse and said, Hey, I'd like to continue the process. And I went back to, um, the rest of the process, which includes with Keller Williams, you do the ABA and, uh, the rest of the process there. And so he hired me, um, at 36,000 with the promise to get to me to, uh, 48, which was my goal from where I left the museum at the time. And I, again, I was still thinking though, this will just be temporary. And, after about six months, I realized, okay, there's something interesting here about this industry that I never would have thought I would have liked. And um, honestly, it had something to do with uh, the team leader that we had here at the time. Her name was Dory, and she was a big fan of Jesse's, and Jesse's a big fan of hers. And she said to Jesse, uh, Margaret's going to change the real estate industry. Oh. I am really self-motivated, but and I like to um, inspire and support other people. But when someone believes in me like that and they don't really even know me, I was like, wow, I think there's a niche here in this industry that I can really help with and have a lot of fun with. And so I am amazed by how much I love it and uh, how creative I can be. And because I can have a hand in almost every aspect of the business, I'm doing so much more than any other position has ever allowed me to. So I don't even have to really, this is my, this is how I sell the team. This is how I, uh, I've had, it's kind of a running joke on the team, but I have the most um, personal referrals into the team out of anybody beyond the salespeople or anybody. And it's because- sell the team just by talking about the people. And so, um, yeah, I have no job, no problem telling people that I like my job, my work, and uh, it's awesome. I love it. So, yeah. Now, salaries, of course, range all over the country. They can, you know, vary dramatically. And so it's a good idea to really look and see what is going on in your market while you're deciding, you know, what to pay somebody or what somebody is worth. For sure. Uh, To really think that through. So what would you say are some of the challenges that you have in managing the team, managing your team leader, managing, you know, because team leaders especially or, you know, top producing agents are a different creature, right? Yeah. Um, They're very um, lack focus, you could say. Many times they're very driven and motivated, but they don't always have a lot of focus. So what, what processes or what, 
what secrets can you give somebody who maybe is looking for an admin or isn't wanting to be an admin? What just happened? Everything went black. Did it go black for you? Oh, no, I just saw a little flicker, but it looks oh, like it's okay weird. now. All good. Um, what would you say are some of the challenges that you face in actually, you know, managing? Because I always say, like, Vicki, who's my team leader, my team manager, on my team, she manages me. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I mean, I'm so lucky to have her. Like, every day I'm like, thank you, God. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. No, there's definitely challenges. I think the biggest challenge right off the bat for us was just the difference in our personality. Um, because I'm very much, uh, I'm on the disc, I'm in a high SIC. So I'm very patient, very stable, um, bit sociability. But when I'm working, I like, I need, I need focus. And I usually, I need to be in my own office. I need to have, um, that time because when I focus, amazing things can happen. And so that's, we spent the first two years really figuring that piece out. I was able to do my job, but I wasn't able to do it at such a high level like I do now after getting to know him. And so some of the tools I used, um, the book Fierce Conversations by Susan Scott. Oh, great book. It's a great book. I read the book. Uh, we, we read it as a team, and then we've gone to her workshop twice now. And I have pulled out that um, the charts, the diagrams that she has in that book to have conversations with Jesse no less than four or five times a year. Um, and it's just helpful for me because I process everything internally, so I have to write it down and bring it to him, and then we can have really productive conversations. And so it's a... Uh, it definitely takes it's that partnership where it takes both sides. That both people have to want it, and um, having those tools in fierce conversations has really helped me because I uh, I'm not an overly aggressive person, but I definitely stand my ground and I'm very firm in what I think is the right thing to do. When it, especially when it comes to systems and operations, because I have a picture in my head of how I think it's going to look and what it should do, and I know it will work. And so it's fierce conversations has helped um, getting outside perspective from. Uh, we have a coach in the area, her name's Elise Touche, and she's really helped as well. And she's met with Jesse and I a couple times to do our Myers-Briggs and then talk about the differences and the work style differences between our Myers-Briggs. And that was a super interesting time um, to do that. So, and then we, we, we meet every Monday for an hour um, to talk through my 411 goals, which again is Keller Williams lingo for my week, monthly, and yearly goals. And then we also spend time... Um, kind of as our ops team talking through big picture needs for the team. And so Jesse's definitely got that um, squirrel mentality that agents have. However, he, what I've learned though, is he's a verbal, um, verbal thinker. So he talks through a lot of stuff and a lot of times he's just talking. He's not actually saying we're going to do this. And so that took me probably about a year to realize because he used to say, oh, I, this is the really awesome idea I just heard. And then I'd start to freak out, like, how are we actually going to do this? How am I going to implement this? And then I realized, oh, wait, he's just talking. He's not yet, we're not yet doing. And so learning all those different things about his habits and about how he works has helped me to really build trust with him. And so he's, as much as he likes the new shiny object, he's actually not as bad as some agents are with that stuff. That's a great point because Heather, who was on my team for eight years, and she's actually moved into sales, uh, the sales side, she would talk about that. She would say, uh, Marguerite does a brain dump, right? So I come in, I kind of dump all this stuff. And then she said she learned, which I didn't even know she did this with me, right, and managing me. <laughs> she said she learned to give everything 24 hours, and then she'll circle back and say kind of like, did you really mean that, right? Like, did, yeah. <laughs> did you really, is that really what you want us to do? Is that, you know, type of thing. Yeah. And so that was actually, a, that's actually a really interesting point that you bring up, because I would say that that's pretty common, at least for me. Yeah, totally. 
So what would you say have been some of the tough, con you said fierce conversations, let's talk, what have been, you know, obviously without conveying confidentiality, but what yeah. have been a couple of those fierce conversations? Because I think that could really help our listeners understand what kind of things you do need to talk about because you're absolutely right your administrative and your operations people have completely different personalities yeah and it, you know they're usually not as aggressive they're not as outspoken they're not as forward typically yeah but they get this stuff done they get things behind the scenes where we don't so what what does a conversation like that look like sure um some of our fiercest conversations have been uh about salary They've been about hiring certain people, and they've been about um, my intuition, <laughs> which is a funny conversation. So the more I've learned, too, about the industry and the opportunities, I felt so limited. I realized in my past jobs by salary, I thought there was not much I could do outside of my flat salary to get money to uh, really advance myself. And then the cool thing that I love about real estate for admin is that you know, you might hit a certain cap in the business where you can't necessarily pay an admin more than a certain salary. Um, but there's so many ways to be creative in real estate and how you pay people that you can, there's other opportunities. And so I started learning about, uh, I had a conversation with Jesse. Um, and actually, I don't, the cool thing about Jesse is a very generous person. So I've never had uh, to really fight for a bigger salary. He's always actually been the one to give me that next bonus or take me up a level. And it's because every time I take on a new project or a new aspect of the business, I'm taking on more responsibility. And so um, the conversations we've had have been about, okay, how do I creatively make money outside of my salary? So I started teaching my class, which I make not very much money on, but we, yeah, I split it down the middle with Pickett Street. And then uh, I started talking to our lender, our mortgage partner, um, and I decided to buy a duplex as my first house. And so that kind of knowledge I would never have gained without being on the team and getting to know Cody Touche is our mortgage with Caliber. Um, he's our mortgage guy. And I pay have paid zero dollars of my mortgage pretty much since I bought my home two and a half years ago. Um, nice. So things like that that have advanced me that I never would have thought about. Um, but they all started out with conversations uh, where I came to Jesse with that fierce conversations written out. Uh, and I, I think when I'm frustrated, I'm a... I'm a crier. <laughs> I hate crying. Uh, I, I, crying is actually very cathartic, and I like it. But I don't want to do that when I'm having, trying to have a fierce conversation with somebody because that's not my intention. And so what I've gotten really good at is I've realized uh, how to control that, and uh, it's helped me. And so that conversation brought us to conversations about my class, about um, looking at buying more duplexes, about how I can make money outside of my salary including referrals. So he, he gives a 25% staff bonus for every referral I bring in, which is just what licensed agents get for other referrals. And that's huge incentive to me. And so I made about 11,000 extra dollars last year from referrals that I brought in. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, you mentioned the second one, second conversation was about hiring people. You yeah. mean making poor hiring choices in agents, staff, or just not including you in the process? Um, no, I basically took over the hiring and recruiting process about two years ago when I hired Sarah Trotsky. And at the time, uh, Jesse wasn't able to, he didn't have the capacity. And so I started to continue after I hired her, I continued screening people for the team. And so my job has always been to really uh, recruit off of social media and through friends and family and do that initial screening interview for any position on the team now. And so, uh, yeah, the conversations have been about people that I thought uh, he shouldn't have hired. And certain people that I would have loved liked to have hired. And so just our different blinks on people 
I think, and we're really, uh, we really are aligned when it comes to what we need for the team, with our, what aligns with our mission and our vision and our culture. Um, and we take our time hiring. We do the whole, uh, we have five steps to the process and we do all five steps always, every single time. Um, so it just, uh, I think as the years have gone by, these last two specifically, we were probably more in alignment now than we were in the beginning. Um, but yeah, some conversations about so that. So when you say not originally, you weren't in alignment. What, what did that look like? Was it more along the lines of as a team, you were not clear on what you wanted or Jesse just felt like he needed to take charge of that or how did that? Um, I don't think he felt like he needed to take charge of it, but it would be, um, we, for instance, we'd have a sales candidate, um, at one point and I didn't think that that should be, I just had a feeling again, it's probably my intuition or something, or it's like not totally, I don't have any facts behind it, but I, um, just felt like that was not a hire that would work well. And they thought it was a hire that would work well. And so, um, I, Jesse obviously always has that, uh, final say as the owner of the company, um, and so now, and so you know, we have that we have those tough conversations, and it's not like he doesn't. He values. I think he um, trusts me more than he did for sure two years ago. And so now that the trust is there, there's a lot less questioning between us, and that just makes sense. I mean, it just trust takes time, especially Absolutely. when it's with the business. Yeah. So how many? Tell me what the structure of your guys' team looks like. What does that structure look like? Yeah, and it, well, you're catching me at a great time, a really interesting time, because right now it's like two admin and one Jesse. Oh my! And it's not what we've had before. Um, so recently, in the last two weeks, we've actually lost our sales team. And so we did have we're a traditional MREA style team, millionaire real estate agent team, where everybody has uh, one role, one objective. And so instead of one agent who does ten things, we're ten agents who each do one thing. So we have Jesse as the lead listing agent. We have a listing coordinator. We have a buyer's agent. We have a showing specialist. We have an ISA. We have myself, and then Sarah Trotsky is the TC and the team admin, and then we have two virtual assistants. And okay. so right now we're down to Jesse, a part-time ISA, myself and Sarah, and the two virtual assistants. And so I'm currently, in these last two weeks, have been interviewing a lot, and we're going to change up the structure of the team a little bit to have more than one buyer's agent, because we've just discovered that uh, the ISA role for us, we've, prob we've hired um, four ISAs over the last four years, and it's just not a role that seems to be sustainable. So we're gonna do probably three to four buyer's agents, and uh, they can have showing specialists if they decide to hire one, and then they'll do all their own lead gen and lead follow-up, and then we'll probably have uh, two to three listing agents and a listing coordinator. So it's interesting that what you said about ISAs, which ISA is short for independent, or inside sales agents, yeah. right? Inside yeah. sales agents. Um, you guys have your own language there at KW, yeah. the rest of the world doesn't use. Yeah. Um, so uh, inside salesperson, and I personally rarely see that position work. I, I, and yeah. I think, um, and I don't know exactly why that is, but I have not seen it very successfully work in any team, really. If they do, they don't last. They, they, get, they go through a really high burnout um, phase. So why yeah. do you think that is? What's happened on your guys' team with, with ISAs? I think you're totally spot on with the burnout. I've... Uh... I just don't, I've yet to find a person with a personality who's completely satisfied um, by getting that close on the phone. And so with the people that we've had, I know our initial mistakes were we wanted to be really flexible, so we wanted to let them work from home part-time. And there's a lot of awesome things to working at home, but then uh, there was no, there was a disconnect between the team and that person because they weren't in as much. And when you don't have them in and around you, I think that is just more difficult to create relationship there. 
and friendships. So I think that was part of it. And I, but I think the rest of it is just like you said, I think it's, uh, nobody really has the natural capacity to be on the phone, um, 40 to 50 hours a week, just closing appointments. I think they, the combination though of doing that in the morning and then maybe going out on appointments or doing something else in the afternoon is really key. Uh, I think it's, it's exhausting and you want somebody who's highly personable, but that highly personable person is going to want to actually be seeing people face to face. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And they've got that's where the conflict lies, I think, because somebody who's going to be have that personality and be great on the phone is also a great salesperson and they're yeah. not a great detail person. No, so as a salesperson, they need to be out. Exactly. Right? No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So how does it work with lead gen now without an ISA? Is that something that Jesse is doing or somebody on your team is you guys are doing? What kind of lead generation are you guys doing? Yeah. So right now we have a part-time ISA who is just following up with leads and kind of maintain for us until we hire some new people. Um, but otherwise, yeah, we're just kind of like maintain Jesse's doing follow-up with his listing leads and the buyer leads that he now has. Um, we're just, we're just maintaining until we get new people in the door. So exactly. Yeah. yeah that's kind yeah. of a challenge. <laughs> but what's been cool to like, what's been cool to realize over the last um, two weeks as all this has happened is I've really, this has sharpened my skills. It's made me more efficient and it's made me realize how awesome of a foundation and a business we have. We have the system set up where despite all this other chaos going on, I'm still able to post the blog every Friday. I'm still able to do the normal things we do because of the systems we have set up. And so that's just really reassuring to me. So hang on. I lost my train of thought. I had a question there real quick. Oh, Oh my goodness. I completely lost my train of thought. I was, <laughs> I was listening to what you were saying and I went the other, I went the complete other direction. Um, okay. So, Oh, I know what I wanted to say about your class. You said you teach a class. Tell us a little bit about what that class is and is it an online class in person class? What is it? Okay. Uh, it's called executive, executive assistant or sorry, perspective through the lens of an executive assistant. And so uh, it's for agents and admin. And yeah, my next class is coming out actually next Friday, the 24th in Kent, Washington at a new Keller Williams office there. And so I developed it about two and a half years ago when I just realized how much um, I could help people and how much I could learn. So not only am I helping people and being a resource to them, but I'm also learning. I'm outside of my comfort zone because I don't uh, naturally teach in front of a group of 50 people. I don't talk in front of a group of 50 people very often. So that would push me that way, and uh, it would also just help open up opportunities for me beyond that. And so uh, it's all about salary. It's about some of the systems that we use. It's about communication. It's about personal development. It's about recruiting for agents for the agent perspective. It's about when you're in that recruiting mode, what do you look for on a resume? Where do you look? How do you incorporate it into your business when you're lead genning and doing all those other things? So it's a four-hour class, and uh, the cost is $35 a ticket, and right now, I just go to teach it wherever people ask me to. And so I'm, I don't uh, promote it a whole lot online, but I am probably going to Colorado in the summer. And it's just um, kind of based on need when people want me to go. So I've taught it seven times so far. You need to teach that class online. Yeah, I, that's kind of the next step. And people have been asking for that. I think that would be pretty cool to do. That would be huge. And yeah. you know, then, then it gives you a lot more opportunities yeah. uh, to connect and reach out to people. Cause yeah. I, myself, I did a lot of training right here in my local market, Okay, but 
once you get out of your market, it's a whole new ball game. Yeah. Right? When you can yeah. get out there. And you definitely have a product that is in demand. I mean, people need that help. They need that direction. I know yeah. I get asked that question all the time. You know, how do you hire people? How do you train them? How do you know what systems and processes? That is really the number one. The, the top two always in requests are lead gen and systems and processes. Yeah, totally true. Always no, I think that's probably my next step. Yeah. So what is the, your favorite uh, process that you have created or are you when you first started mostly because um, I, that question gets asked all the time. So what does maybe a system or a process look like on your team? Yeah, sure. I mean, that's easy for me to say that best and uh, best system that I've helped create and one I love the most is our um, operations manual. And just so you have a basis for me, I hate operations manuals. I hate procedure manuals. I hate, like, <laughs> they're just boring. And uh, so what I exactly. did, Jesse was using Evernote, which is an app. It's an awesome app for both PCs and Macs. And he has a Mac. We are all on Macs here. And so what I did was I transferred the procedures manual from the paper into Evernote. And so now Sarah and I have Evernote up on our second screen all day long, and we're constantly making updates. And it's actually something that we use. So it's super useful. It's a great value add for new agents that join. Every system, every process, every password is in there. So it's really valuable. It's my favorite. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, and you can access it on your phone, on your iPad, from anywhere. And so it's been the most useful and the best thing that I've done for sure since I started. Fantastic. Well, as we kind of wrap things up a little bit today, tell me what uh, what is the best advice you could give in two, two I want to I want to hear two parts of it. What's okay. the best advice you could give for administrative people that are out there? And what's the best advice you could give to agents out there? Okay, for admin, I would say uh, the opportunities in real estate are endless. And you really need to not be afraid to explore beyond what you think is safe. And uh, there's a massive um, supply of resource on Facebook specifically um, where I've pushed myself to get to know people through Facebook all around the world and the country. And because of that, I've gone to Belize and I've been able to teach my class um, in all parts of the country. And so there's a huge network out there. And I just would say that put yourself out there because uh, I think real estate has a lot of opportunity for us in this industry and uh, there's no ceiling in my head for that. So um, that would be great advice. And then for the agents, I would say, uh, I would say, take the time to look for that person that's going to help you run your business and talk to some people like me, talk to some other people that you admire that are executive assistants or ops or CEOs for other companies and find what personality traits there are in them that you really like or what and then ask them for help for referrals for possible candidates. Go to your sphere, go to your family, go to your friends, and find people who work in those industries uh, where candidates would be. And use your network and just take your time and try and be patient because the patience will wear. It'll, it'll prove itself and it'll make you more money in the end. Such great advice and honestly very timely because... I know we're figuring out how to structure our team and what we need to do too and what kind of changes you need to make and things are always changing it seems, yeah, right? It's part absolutely. of the deal. So. Totally. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Margaret. This has been a wealth of information and I wish you a ton of success in your training classes. you got to get those online, girl. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> all right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us again on Real Estate Real World where we get to talk to all the cool people out there that are the movers and shakers in the real estate industry right now.
Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or on Podbean, and we love your reviews. So if you wouldn't mind taking a few minutes to write us a fabulous review, we would really appreciate it. If you know of other guests that you'd love to hear on the show, be sure and just shoot us an email or head on over to www.realestaterealworld.com. Thanks again for joining us today, and make it a great day. Thank you for joining us today on Real Estate Real World, where we talk with masters and leaders in real estate and beyond on how we can raise the bar in our industry. Please subscribe over on iTunes. And while you're there, be sure to give us a review. Your reviews encourage us and help others find our podcast. For show notes and hot topics on what's going on right now in our real estate industry, hop on over to www.com realestaterealworld.com and add your name to our email. Thanks again for listening and go out there. Be a part of the elite masterclass in raising the bar on the real estate industry.